Hello and welcome to this bonus edition of the Pure Football Podcast, the podcast that brings you the stories, tactics, stats and rumours about football in Scotland and beyond, by fans and for fans. And as I mentioned, this is a bonus episode and we've kicked off our transfer series last week with uh, a review of what Hibs might do in the January window. And this time we're moving from Edinburgh over to Glasgow and we're going from green to blue. And I've roped in two special guests. Um, I brought in Alexander Staff and Adam Thornton from the Heart and Hand podcast. Guys, how are you doing? You all right? All good, yeah. Not bad, Gavin. Cheers, how are you? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you, not too bad. Just before we get kicked off, um, can I ask you just both just to give a, a quick insight into who you are and what you do? I'll, uh, I'll start as Adam, sorry, but uh, just very briefly, as, as you mentioned, obviously, um, contributor to the Heart and Hand podcast, season ticket holder at Ibrooks, uh, although uh, Adam will well and truly beat me for the amount of games he goes to compared to me. Um, and uh, yeah, I've also kind of done a few other things. I um, started the Four Lads Had a Dream site uh, with Stevie, I'm sure you'll know of. Uh, although he does use mostly his thing now. I've, I've not been as active in that as I'd like to be. A few other blog sites over the years. Uh, just generally, somehow, managed to talk nonsense about Rangers and, <laughs> and, and get away with it. I really don't know quite how that's happened. Not as much as Adam, obviously. He talks more nonsense about tactics stuff. That's true. I'll lose tactic, that tactic shite. Yeah, pretty much the same <laughs> as Alex, to be honest. Although I don't, I've not branched out from from heart and hand much. Um, I do the tactics podcast on there and a couple other ones, a few non football ones as well. Um, yeah, season ticket holder since '94 when I was eight or nine. Um, and as Alex said, I try and get to as many away games as I can. Um, I have a little girl and another one on the way, so I'm thinking the um, fun time is going to be over in terms of all the away games, so I'm going to get as many in as I can in the next couple of months. Makes perfect sense, mate. Makes perfect sense. And <laughs> you're, you're obviously both um, Rangers experts, as it is. Um, so what I'd like to do, just before we get into you know talking about the, the January window, can can either of you just give me a quick overview of how you felt the season's gone so far and, and any sort of general thoughts about Rangers in the last sort of six to 12 months? Um, I don't know. I don't mind you taking this one, mate. Uh, but um, certainly, I've been pretty pleased with the last eighteen months since Gerard came in. I suppose uh, it's been the, the progress and everything else. The, the difference at the club's been huge. I don't know. As I say, Adam, I'll let you kind of go into a bit more detail if that's okay. Yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty happy with this year. I think that's an understatement. To be honest, I'm really happy with this year. The big thing for me is I think you might remember Gavin I did an article in the summer I think it was on Modern Football about mm-hmm. ways that Rangers struggled with the low block and how we could um, try and solve that I think we've pretty much nailed most of that which is is good to see um, we've only dropped points in three games domestically uh, Hearts away, Aberdeen away and obviously Celtic at Ibrooks. the only one I think that or the most um, disappointing outside the Celtic one but the most disappointing of the two draws I think was the Aberdeen one for me that was the the Hearts game we never really turned up and we found ourselves in the back foot I think we probably could and should have won that game um, obviously going there as a Rangers team however I don't really think we did enough but the Aberdeen one was the only time I think we've really let ourselves down in terms of how we managed that game um, pre, pre-half time and post-half time we had a wee bit of a, a brain fart and we lost those two goals um, and I think that was the most disappointing out of the two. The Celtic game, yeah, fair enough. It was really disappointing at the start of the year. Um, more than made up for it last week with the, the win against Parkhead. 
the Winnet Parkhead for me. Um, the obvious disappointment, and it's the biggest disappointment for me, is the League Cup final. Um, the manner mm-hmm. of it was quite hard to take for me personally. It had the kind of hallmarks of how much more could we actually do to, to win this game. Um, and that was quite disappointing, but I have to say the way that we bounced back after it, um, leading up to the, the break, and particularly the, the win at Parkhead, um, was huge. And it showed that Stephen Gerrard and, and Michael Beale, as, as a relatively young coaching staff, are going to make mistakes, but they're learning from them. I think you can see from last year to this year, they're learning. Um, they're making mistakes, they're rectifying them. I still I don't see the same issues that I've seen last year. I don't see recurring issues that we're not fixing now. It seems like game by game something happens and we fix it in the next game and we're growing as a team. And obviously as well, that's domestically, but in Europe I think we need to be absolutely delighted going from the, the first um the first round of the qualifiers again for the second year of the row and, and managing this time to go one better and, and qualify for the, the last thirty two. I think that's a huge achievement as well. Um, it's not something that I think is anybody's priority. People are focused on, on the league and probably even the domestic cups over it. I think if we're if we're honest, but at the same time, um, it's fantastic uh, recognition for the club financially and also getting the club's name back out there as well um, in the European football scene. I think that's been huge. So I think overall, very very positive. There's only really four games out of the opening. What thirty? 40 probably, 35, yeah. that, that yep. have, have really been disappointing. I think that's a, that's a decent start for the season. Yeah, I, I think you're, you're right there. I guess a, a question for you, Alex, just based on, on what Adam said there, do you think that maybe going into this season that Rangers were maybe slightly underestimated by uh, the City rivals Celtic? Um, Not just them, I think everybody slightly underestimated Rangers coming into the summer, um, and I include, I'm going to be honest, I include the team um, themselves in that as well. Uh, I think that um, what we've seen over the course of this season is them starting to believe in their ability. Uh, sometimes it takes them a bit of time in a game, some of the bigger games. Uh, but yes, I think I think they were slightly... I think one of the issues Celtic have, and obviously we're not going to spend too much time talking about them, and I know that any <laughs> of their fans that are listening will wonder why we're bothering. <laughs> I believe, I firmly believe Celtic, in terms of Scottish football, and, and you know, I think some of their fans will agree with us, they've had a bit of a plateau. You know, there's, there's yep. only so, so, so much further they can go, because it's Scottish football, yes, they've got some money to spend, we know that, but in terms of... If you, they're not going to, regardless of whether they go and spend big in the, this January transfer window or not, it's probably not going to make a huge difference to the amount of points that they'll drop between now and the end of the season. Both teams have shown that so far this season. Both Rangers and Celtic have barely dropped any points. So, you know, they've hit this kind of this kind of this kind of top tipping point, um, and the best they can really do, I think, is maintain that. And they've gave Rangers a target to hit. And uh, as anybody will tell you in sport, when you give your rivals a target, they will inevitably they'll meet it at some point. They will. It's just the way that it goes. Um, so, so yeah, I think everybody underestimated Rangers, including our own fans, our own team. Um, and one thing we forget, I'd like to kind of just touch on one of Adam's points. He talks about the way this season compared to last. We don't seem to be making, you know, any kind of real recurring mistakes or anything like that. And I do completely agree. But one thing we often forget especially for, for Rangers this season, how much time have they had on the training ground, really, from yeah. the start of the season, you know? Um, doing so much in pre-season, and they'll do a bit here, obviously, in January with this, uh, this mini-break, but in the week-to-week basis, even in the international breaks, there's a good number of the squad away now, so they've not got time to really work on anything. Um, so, yeah, I think what, 
we're also seeing as a couple of pre-seasons a bit more time on the pitch together so that you don't have to do so much in training um, that the players already know this stuff and it's built up um, and they know how to fix things themselves they don't need yeah. to be taken away for a couple of days and shown how we do it so um, all of that is it's really really positive but um, yeah it's uh, because as, as Adam pointed out top class coaching team there at the moment yeah. I don't think there's any doubt about that and it's it's uh, that's why that's what Rangers needed we couldn't go and spend 50 odd million on wages so we had to make a team um, and that's what we've done this season and I think the reason why people underestimate that mainly Gavin is because there's not many teams in Scotland that have ever done that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with a lot of the points you mentioned there, Alex. So so as you mentioned, Rangers have made a team. Um it is um quite a big team they've got in general and the the overall squad. So I think there's something like twenty seven first team players. Um so can you guys just so Adam, can you talk me through what sort of players you you've seen find it difficult to break into that sort of I'd say it's probably about sixteen to seventeen players that Gerard uses mostly, um, there's obviously slight variations, but um, what sort of players have you either been surprised that haven't got more minutes or you know it was just inevitable that their their playing time was going to be cut? Well, I think it goes back to Alex's point about um, everybody kind of being a little bit surprised at just how well things have went and how well players have performed. I don't think anybody would have predicted that Ryan Jack would improve the way that he has. Um he was a, a decent my my thoughts on him are well documented last season, but <laughs> he was a he was a number six, nothing flashy, kept the ball, um was quite good. We moved him forward a little bit. It wasn't quite working and then this season he's just exploded around about September time and just become um a box to box midfielder that I don't think anybody would have envisaged. So that's been a big plus. But then at the same time if you want to have a negative from that, it's probably meant that Guys like Andy King and, and uh, Greg Dockery haven't really seen as much game time as, as they've wanted to. I think if Jack can still been playing that deeper role, we might have alternated a little bit more with Stephen Davis, whereas now they play together very well. Um, you've also got Glenn Kamara and that midfield three, um, which is really, really crucial, that has meant that they've played more often than not because they work so well as a unit. And it's meant that guys like um, Polster even, uh, trying to get a game in central midfield, it's just not possible because they're very rarely injured. Um, and they work so well together and they give the team a platform to, to build on. So I think that's the, the main ones. I'm, I'm disappointed. I'm a big Greg Doherty fan. I thought Andy King might have given us a bit, but when you look at the, the performances of those three, plus um, Scott Arfield when he moves back into midfield, is excelling there as well. You can't really grumble that, that those two players haven't got the game time over the, the four that we've spoken about. Yeah, I think that you know those players there, the, the form and consistency of them is just... Um, been next level I think uh, as you mentioned Ryan Jack his, his performances have been you know almost as close to perfect on a regular basis Davis as well who um, I will absolutely hold my hands up I was very sceptical about how effective he would be turns out I was wrong who knew um, you got you got a doing on Twitter for that didn't you yeah, really but, I got, that? yeah but I did I got an absolute doing for that one so I'll, I'll hold my hands up on that um, but yeah so I guess that there's as I mentioned, it's quite a big squad. So, Alex, in, in terms of this January window, Stephen Gerrard's already said that it's, it's probably going to be more trimming of the squad rather than uh, a focus on bringing anyone in. Is there any players in particular that you, you want to kick us off with that who might be expected to leave in this window or who might be on their way out in the summer as well? 
Um, and this window, uh, Adam's already touched on Greg Dockery. I think that one looks a certainty. Uh, for the sake of his career, he's a, he's a good player who should be playing somewhere. Um, I personally think, uh, I, I'm a fan of him. I think he could have, have made it with Rangers, but obviously Gerard feels differently. So, so you know, that's that. Uh, he needs to go, Jamie Murphy needs to go and get games somewhere. Um, he doesn't want to spend another... You know, he spent a year out with injury there. He doesn't want another year out, just not able to play because he's, you know, he's not, he's not getting a game. Um, obviously, Andy King's already away. Gresham needed to leave as well. Uh, I, I do wonder about Wes Fodderingham um, as a name that maybe we wouldn't be actively looking to move on just now. But he's not got long left on his contract. He's a good enough goalkeeper to be a number one somewhere. There's obviously some links with Middlesbrough recently. Uh, he might be looking to make the move himself in January yep. um, rather than Rangers kind of really looking to push him. Uh, that, that might be one to kind of look out for. That aside, I think the biggest thing Rangers can do, um, uh, well, obviously we'll come on to it, but uh, avoiding any surprising uh, kind of departures is, is probably going to be the main aim. Um, and obviously we'll, we'll kind of we'll probably discuss that in a bit more detail yep. later. Uh, but there's a load of trim and pollster again. Someone barely kicked the ball. He should go. Basically, Rangers had, as you say, 27 kind of what would be considered senior players. A whole full bench plus one plus two. Sorry, um, if everybody was fit and they often were all fit, um, yep. sitting in the stands, and that's. I was worried in the summer the squad was too big, but like most people, I thought to myself, well, with the amount of games, if we get through in Europe, we'll, we'll be fine, we'll use it. But as Adam pointed out, I don't think anybody expected the, the kick on. Uh, and the fact that you just can't, the rotation, you, you want, when you rotate a team, you don't want to weaken it. And it would have felt as though we were weakening it if we'd done the amount of rotation we all expected at mm -hmm. the, the start of the season. So, yeah, um, quite a number there. Uh, that will probably kind of fall away. I also wonder about guys like Barker and Stewart. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe not this. You talked about the summer there. Um, I wonder if they've only got the rest of the season to really impress Gerard and get in the team. Stewart's well liked by the fans, and I can see why he does well when he when he is involved, and it, it looks to us like he does well when he's involved. But Gerard doesn't seem to. to I mean, he didn't even make a bench for the game against Celtic there at the, um, at the end of December. So Gerard doesn't seem to share that. Um, Brandon Barker, is he going to get many more chances, um, you know, with, with people coming back to fitness like Jones? Uh, so, so these guys in the summer, um, plus all the out-of-contract players, there's maybe only one or two. Flanagan might get an extension to his contract. Um, and Defoe, obviously, they'll try and keep, but there's 10 players getting out of contract, and I'm not entirely sure they'll be too bothered about that many of them. Guys like Halliday and stuff, they'll stay for the season, but uh, I don't know if they'll be still hanging around. So, uh, yeah, it's a squad that needs trimmed, um, definitely, and that's mainly because of just how well the the main start of the living has been playing, rather than rather than deficiencies of the other guys, because they've not really had a chance to, yeah, to get out of the team. You know? Yeah, that, that makes... Sorry, go yeah, just to, I just want to mention a couple there. Fodringham, I think, would be one that I would be concerned that would leave now just because I think it was based on Darren Randall possibly going from Middlesbrough to, to West Ham. This window, I think West Ham are looking for a keeper, so if he goes, it maybe makes sense that Middlesbrough come in and do a deal with us to 
even get Fozingham for a nominal fee plus take on his wages because I think he'll be on a decent contract with us. So I could see us doing that rather than losing him in the summer. And in theory, I guess it's relatively easy to get a half decent six month backup from McGregor, isn't it? Just some experienced guy from somewhere, it should be relatively okay and, and just to plug the gap. The one I'm a wee bit disappointed about is, is Jamie Murphy, though, just to touch in on Alex's point. Up until um, what the Young Boys game, wasn't it, that Joe Aribo moved up wide right? Um, yep. Aribo and Kent um, have made those places their own since then, which is fair enough. But before that, um, uh, we struggled a little bit on the wings. We had Ojo and Arfield for the most part of it. Ojo started well, um, seemed to score that goal against Feyenoord and then fall off a cliff. Um, and uh, who else? We have Barker, like Alex mentioned, and then Stewart as well. So I, I thought surely Jamie Murphy can can offer more than them. Um, however, with the injury, the physical aspect, maybe even the mental aspect as well, it's maybe mm-hmm. just one of those things that he's not quite there yet. I was a huge fan of him that six months he came in. I thought he delivered some some decent goals and assists and some decent numbers. I was looking forward to him kicking on last year. Gerard obviously liked him. He played him quite a bit in those early um, those early games last summer. So I'm a wee bit disappointed. I was a big fan. But I feel like now with Aribo and Kent in there as yeah. pretty much the first picks, um, I can't really... And Jones coming back as well, I think for his benefit, I would uh, I would think he would be looking at even a short-term loan um, yeah. with a view to possibly a move in the summer. Yeah, I think uh, you touched on a, a really good point there with uh, Jamie Murphy. He did look pretty good um, before his injury, which was obviously unfortunate. And also, Jared has, on a regular basis, spoke really highly of him. Um, and I did think, sort of similar to yourself, that he might get an opportunity uh, when healthy. These players that we've mentioned, so you know Murphy, Doherty, would you like to see them stay in Scotland or would you want them to maybe go down south with a view to permanent or something else? Yeah. Greg Doherty, I think, made enough of a name for himself at Shrewsbury that he'll get a move down south. And I think from from his perspective as well, outside of making it with Angels, he's kind of done Scottish football. You know, he, mm-hmm. with Hamilton, I know that that doesn't, you know, I know with the greatest respect to Hamilton that he wasn't winning trophies or making cup finals or anything like that. But, you know, he's experienced up here. He's played hundreds of games in Scotland. He, 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 he for him, for him, I think to be stretched. I think he'd be best going down to like an English Championship team if he can get one. Um, kind of kicking on in that sort of league. Um, there's a very good career to be had there, and he may still get that kind of move into the English Premiership, which was always people always sort of expected that. You know, a few years at Rangers and press, and then go down south. That may still happen for him, um, and he's probably got a better chance of that if he doesn't take the backward step just now in Scotland. Uh, Jamie Murphy, I don't know. I, I suppose it depends uh, how how much he is. I, it was hard to tell in his, his brief appearances for us this season if he has dipped in any major way um, mm-hmm. since the injury. So, you know, if he hasn't, then he's more than good enough to play at a decent level in England. Um, if he has, well, if he hasn't, then like Adam, I'll be very disappointed that he didn't get more chances for us. Uh, but if he has, then maybe... Yeah, not quite doing what Dorans has done and went to Dundee, but maybe staying about the Scottish Premiership would be a good move for him. It would be uh, just nice to see Murphy more so because of the bad injury. Um, it would really be nice to see these guys go somewhere and, and kick on and get their careers back in track again because uh, it was through no fault of their own, to be honest, yeah. that, that things didn't work out up and at Rangers for them. Yeah, I was just thinking that, and this is, you know, um, to get the, the tinfoil hats out and get the conspiracies out, maybe... Rangers might be willing to uh, 
take maybe a financial dip in terms of what they might get from uh, loans if the players go down south to keep them in Scotland and potentially let them expose their quality against Celtic. But that's um, just to get the tinfoil hats out, as I mentioned. <laughs> it's a wee bit catch-22, that, isn't it, though? Because I feel like Alex kind of alluded to that they're both bigger than, um, yeah. with, with all due respect, they're both will go into any other team in Scotland, I would say, and be one of their best players um, outside of Celtic. So I don't know what the gain is for Rangers. If it's a development thing, fair enough. But if again, with all due respect, if Doherty has ripped up League One um, yeah. and he still can't get in um, our team, I don't know how much more room there is for him to grow. Um, I, I guess it would only be if he goes down to the Championship and does similar, then possibly in the summer, Gerard might look at it, but mm-hmm. I've got my doubts on that. Murphy, I think, unfortunately, is, it will be a, a loan to get him in the shop window and try and make some make some money back on him. I can't see him. Uh, it doesn't feel yeah. like he, just at the age he is and stuff, it doesn't feel like he's going to be um, part of the plans in the summer. So I, I kind of get it, and I think in theory that works, but I think um, I kind of get it from more guys like Glenn Middleton's level than I would... Um, yeah. Murphy and then I think Doherty is still a little bit further on than that as well. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. I guess so we spoke about the players that are, are likely to leave. So there's been already been a few rumours about some of the star players. Um there was a, a rumoured bid from Aston Villa of eleven million pounds for Morelos. There was rumours of Sheffield United and Arsenal looking at Glenn Kamara and also that um I, I'm not too sure on this one as well, but Arsenal looking at Aribo. Out of those three, um obviously you don't want to lose any of those. How, how have you been feeling about um that sort of speculation, Alex? Um, oh, it's a bit of a, a tricky one. Ideal ideal world, Rangers don't sell any of the kind of 15, 16, 17 players that you, you alluded to earlier, you know, the ones that Gerard really, really wants to keep. Um, but uh, playing in Scottish football where the finances are low is never an ideal world. Um, <laughs> so, so, no, I don't want to lose anybody. Uh but if the big bid comes in, we've got a problem because you can't guarantee that it will come again. You know, the, the, yeah. the, there's a bit of a, an assumption that's like, oh, I don't bother selling them in January. We can just sell them in the summer. Will we say that? But then if, you know, a bad injury kicks in or they don't quite have a good second half of the season and the bids disappear a little bit and then suddenly it doesn't happen. And we've seen that with players in Scottish football before. Yeah. Um, then, then you know, you've kind of missed out on, a, on that money, which... Is as important to to Rangers as, as anything else, sadly, because of the, you know the position that we play, the league that we play in. Sorry, so uh, it's a tricky one. I don't want to lose anybody um, of those of those rumours. I think Adam would agree with me as much as I don't want to lose him, and I, I I've been a big fan of Glenn Kamara from about six months into his time at Dundee. Yeah. Uh, but I think. Of the three, if Rangers were being forced to sell someone for big money, he'd be the one out of those three that I could stomach the most. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I think Adam might agree on that because um, it's, it's one of those conversations that you have, isn't it? It's all very. It's, it's kind of like you know, what if we win the lottery when, you, when you're talking to your missus, kind of conversation. Yeah. But yeah. Um, it won't, you know, it's probably not going to happen. But uh, but yeah, I think if you had to, if you were forced to to lose one of them right now. I think Kamara would be the most replaceable. Um, don't know what your thoughts would be on that, Gavin, but um, Adam, would you agree? Uh, I would agree that um, out of the three, he would be the one, if, if he held a gun to my head, that I would let him go. I'm not too <laughs> sure about um, yeah. I'm not too sure about replaceable at this stage because I think 
certainly, um, I think in the summer, to, for full disclosure, I was of the same mind um, with Glenn Kamara as I was maybe with Ryan Jack last year, that he was good, um, but he wasn't um, going to be one of those guys that's going to take a game by the scruff of the neck and really go and dominate it. But the tweaks that we've made tactically to, to make that midfield three a bit more solid and a bit more cohesive has meant that he can give the fullbacks a platform to go and play. And it gives the, the two number 10s and Kenton and Rebo a lot more freedom um, to go and do their role. So he is, a, he is playing a very vital role in the team. I think if he goes, he would need to be replaced. Um, mm-hmm. But it's one of those things, Gavin, that you just because you take out a, a player like Glenn Kamara and you try and put in another player who can pass the ball like he can, it doesn't always mean it's going to work. That, that midfield three is a, a very specific ecosystem just now. They're all perfectly... Yeah, yeah perfectly suited to each other, they balance each other very well, they're offering a bit more attacking intent than they did, they cover the fullbacks, they get up in support. Um, so yes, out of the three, I would prefer to lose him if I, if I had to, but um, none of them, ideally, really at this stage, I yeah. think, um, as I like said, you're talking if it comes in and it's eight, nine, ten million, then it's crazy for somebody you paid 50 grand for a, a year ago, Absolutely. you kind of have to do it, but we would need to bring someone else in who can give us the same level of quality that he's given, I think, rather than maybe not exactly the same skill set as I'm not quite sure I've seen too many players um, like Kamara that, that could come in and, and settle as quickly as he has. Yeah, and I, I I totally agree with your point out of the three as well, but uh, I hope you're ready for my daily record style red top, uh, heart and hand want Glenn Kamara out, so uh. that, that's coming, <laughs> that's coming. Um, so, uh, yeah, so that's you know, obviously, as you mentioned, I think it would be, I think Gerard and Ross Wilson would have very difficult conversations about if a player was to go. Um, I think that would be a quite a, a heated conversation, I would imagine. Um, but we'll wait and see how that sort of transpires. And I think for, you know, with all the competitions um, that Rangers are, are fighting for, it would it is a risk to sell any player, as you mentioned, Adam. I think a, a great way to describe it is as an ecosystem. Um, it's very harmonious, which is obviously why the success is, is you know, starting to, to come through. Um, so I think, sorry, if you don't mind, yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Just, just a very kind of brief point on that, though. One thing that we are going to have to get used to, um, and it's just because I think Rangers were getting there um, and then administration happened, so that sort of obviously knocked everything back to the start. But we're going to have to have some faith in the system in terms of if these players do come in, come in very, very cheap or, you know, relatively cheap um, in football in terms and then the big bids come in we, we, we have to have faith in the recruitment system that we have yeah. and our youth, our youth development that we have replacements not maybe not ready made but at least someone who's going to be able to come in and hopefully quite quickly fill that gap so one thing that as I say Rangers throughout their history they've never really fans have never really got used to that we've never been much of a team for developing selling big starting again you know um, we've always talked about the Ajax model ever since the money in Scottish football crashed but we've never really had it um, mm-hmm. we never really will to that extent but uh, it'll be it'll be something that we're looking to do so we're going to see that soon it's going to have to start soon uh, so so yeah as nervous as we would be about losing someone it's something that we're going to have to get used to over the years I think uh, because our players are impressing we are in a league where more money can be made by moving elsewhere and big money can be thrown at us by clubs that, that barely even, you know, makes a dent to them. So, so yeah, just uh, 
Hopefully not this quickly, but it will be coming soon where we have to have these, as you say, conversations about, okay, that's too big a, a fee for him. He has to go. Yeah. What have Rangers got lined up to replace him? Yeah, no, I, I, I do agree with that sort of uh, overarching point as well. I think there's the, the, to me, and it's it's very cliched and you know has been spoken about a lot, um, but I do see Rangers sort of following some of the things that, Liverpool are doing. Um, I think that when you read the, especially some of the articles from uh, Jordan Campbell in the Athletic about, um, I think it was the Graham Murray uh, interview where they were talking about the youth development, and uh, I think that um, the younger players, not right now, but the, I think it's the the generation, the, the age group seventeen, eighteen. Um, those some of those players sound like they're really promising and might have the opportunity to to break into the Rangers team. And I think we obviously seen. Uh, recently how effective Liverpool reserves could be um, by having a, an ethos that um, goes from the, the bottom all the way to the top. And I think that is something that you are starting to see uh, at Ibrox just now. So um, it'll be interesting to see how that develops. Okay, guys, so um, moving on from uh, out the door to any potential in the door, um, would you like to see Rangers address anything, any specific positions? Adam, we'll start with you. Um, nothing... Mega, mega pressing. If you're being greedy, then you want to to start thinking about um, bringing in uh, the new Morelos, I guess. Um, <laughs> if you want to, in a couple of positions, really, you probably want to start thinking about a, a, a player for central midfield, especially if um, Doherty and uh, King's away, obviously. But if Doherty goes and possibly Poulsen goes as well, and realistically possibly Glenn Kamara might go in the summer you want to start thinking about getting someone in there around about the 2021 um, age bracket uh, to, to come in and be a part of the squad um, I think you want to look at that I think up front we, we need someone I think it's widely acknowledged that Morelos will go in the summer I think we said that last summer mean too so who knows uh, Defoe I think will be kept on I know you hate him as well Gavin so we'll come to that in a minute but um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he will stay but he's not going to be the starting striker every week I think everybody knows that I think his game time will reduce less and less so if I was being greedy and finances weren't an issue I'd like to see some guys coming in round about that level that, that could possibly come in and make a little bit of a contribution but with eyes on the summer um, that would be quite useful I think we're totally fine at centre half uh, if Fodringham goes we might need a goalkeeper coming in and fullbacks I don't know we've got cover Um it's not great cover and Tav doesn't get injured. Um, yeah. So Flanagan can cover both sides. Halliday can cover a couple of positions. Both their contracts are up in the summer. I, I don't know because we, we spoke about the midfield three, Gavin. The fullbacks mm-hmm. are just as important. The fullbacks are, more, I would say. The fullbacks are terrific. It's very, very rare that you get such marauding fullbacks and we've got two of them. Um, it's only really Liverpool that that have that and I think we know that we we kind of replicate their formation and tactics quite a bit so it's difficult and you've seen in the first old firm game of the season how much a guy like Flanagan struggles if he gets pressed doesn't really happen with Barisic mm-hmm. doesn't particularly happen with Tavernier um, domestically I know he's had a couple of brain farts this year but they're, they're, they're crucial they offer the width they offer the support they're the link players they're our playmakers essentially if you want to call them that um, so Another option there that can offer the same thing might be useful, even though we do have bodies. But again, it's going to be very, very difficult to get players in 
who provide that but are also willing to not play every week because we've, yeah. we've got those two. So, we bit catch 22. So, I think if I was being mega greedy, I would want a couple of prospects. And um, again, numbers wise, out wide, I think we've got a lot of numbers there. So, I'm not sure we want to bring anybody in. But once you get past Kent, Aribo, and Jones, um, I'm not too enamoured by the choices. I like Stuart, as we mentioned earlier on. I think he can come in and make a difference. And maybe that is something that we'll see more when we go back into Saturday, Wednesday, um, once the, um, the league kicks off again. Possibly someone else in there, but I can't really see it, to be honest. I think they'll be quite happy if they get rid of a couple of bits of Deadwood, maybe get a couple of Bosmans in um, with a view to the summer. If they see any bargains like Kamara that they pick up early, then possibly. But um, I think it's just... Uh, Keep it as is. Try not to lose anybody in this window, and um, all eyes on someone really as far as transfers and go. Alex, do you feel any different? Is there any any different points that you want to raise? No, not really. Uh, similar, similarly to Adam, uh, my main thing would be they'll, they'll trim the squad to to some extent um, as best as they can. Uh, as you pointed out earlier, again, there's a talented crop of youngsters there, and there has to be a pathway for them at some point. Uh, and, and I think some, I think a couple might be used a little bit more between now and the end of the season than they have mm-hmm. been so far. Um, and we'll see a couple more after that being kind of in and around the squad in the summer. I'm thinking the likes of Nathan Parson at, at right back. Um, we'll we'll do a, a you know he looks as though he's a real prospect there um, and could be good cover for Tafu. Very rarely needs rested anyway. Um, and, uh, you know, for the moment without having to go and sign someone. Uh, and then in the summer, you've got maybe like a Stephen Kelly coming in, Josh McPake, um, mm-hmm. obviously coming back from Dundee, but he's got the injury. I don't know if that loan's ended or if he's just been rehabbing. Ross McCrory, Glenn Middleton were already on the fringes of the squad before. Um, they'll come back in as well. So, so you know, there's a few that kind of look ready. Um, you don't want to overload the squad and leave them completely out in the cold as well. So, uh, yeah, they'll trim that down. So it's just, yeah, if we lost anybody unexpected, if a, if a bid came in that we just couldn't knock back for one of the, the bigger, better players, then we'd need to replace them. Like Adam, if, we're, if we were able to be really, really greedy about it and it wasn't going to have any major effect financially, yeah, bring in a few players from next season to give them time to bed in. But January's really a good time for that, uh, for getting them at the right sort of price and stuff. Um, I quite like the look of um, one player in particular we were linked with, Lovro Meyer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but uh, listening to the sort of bids that have been getting knocked back and such like, um, I, I don't think he'll be within our price range at the moment. Uh, so I'm not sure how that would go. I like the look of He's a little bit different from any other kind of midfield and wide players that we had, which is the sort of position he'd be looking at playing. Um, and I figured if you know if we trim the squad down enough, he might be worth kind of uh, a bit of a punt because you, it's, it's also about timing. If you really rate someone um, and you really think they're going to make a big difference, sometimes you've not got much choice but to go and get them at a certain point. You know when other teams are sniffing about, um, you, you can't wait. You, it might not be the ideal time. You know Rangers would rather probably wait until the summer to make a bigger signing like that. But if he's all, if he's going to be making a move just now and it is feasible. We probably don't have a choice, uh, you know, if we want to get him at all. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, that side, no, there's, there's, for the first time in what must feel like forever, we've got <laughs> a transfer window without any feels. Um, yeah. And that's, uh, 
that's it's quite quite a strange feeling. I don't know what we're going to talk about, frankly. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna t- just quickly touch on something that Adam mentioned. Um, Rangers, I feel, do need to address the striker position. Um, I am ageist and I'm totally against Jermaine Defoe. Uh, um, you know what just to give some context right goals are very important for goal difference etc and he has scored 11 goals and that that carries a lot of weight I totally understand that Um, I'm a little bit more worried about the the repeatability of this Um, I also think when you look at the goals he scored I can maybe only count two that were goals that were important obviously taking out the the goal difference factor the, the goal i think it was against Motherwell uh, at ibrox and i think it was the opener against hibs uh, at ibrox as well but yeah. most of the other goals are goals that rangers were already comfortably winning games um and i'm not a fan of ha- having 37 year old players in an outfield position um so yeah i think rangers do need to address that whether they need to do it right now is a different question, but I'm I'm not a big fan of that move. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll wait and see in that one. I've probably upset half the Rangers fan base um, by saying that I previously was skeptical about Stephen Davis, and I also don't think Jermaine Defoe should be kept on. But hey ho, there we go. That's why we've got the experts on. Um, do you, do you so, hate Alan McGregor as well? Nah, can't, you can't hate Shagger. That's um, he doesn't uh, he doesn't uh, he doesn't move very much. He doesn't need to be young. Yeah, exactly. That's it. That's it. I'm being very naive. Um, yeah. So, okay. So, there's been just a few rumours just before we finish up that I want to just quickly get your take on. One of them, I'm sure, will be quite funny. Um, so, it's been all over Twitter in the last few days um, that Rangers have been looking at Scott Allen. How has that made you feel, Adam? Uh, a wee bit dirty, to be honest. Um, <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. Um, no, not for me. Um, I think, uh, un- well, not unfortunately, I think, unfortunately for him, he, he had his chance. I think he would have come into that. Was it Mark Warburton, Alex, that yeah. he was linked under? Um, yeah, it was Warburton's first season, yeah, or try to get him that first so kind of summer. He'd have come in and I thought he would have been terrific. Um, there. Nothing I've seen since really makes me think otherwise at that point in time. However, um, he has played for Celtic, which is a, a big red cross against him. And he also doesn't seem to be able to last 90 minutes, which given the fitness demands at Rangers, you've seen in the, the game against Parkhead, we're very, very fit. I would say we're the fittest team in the league. Um, we're required the midfield three, especially. You think we spoke about that midfield three and the qualities that they've got. Can you see Scott Allen doing that? Um, I can't, personally. Um, if you're going to play him as one of those two number 10s, does he offer more than, than Joe Arrivo? Can he press like he can? I'm not sure. Um, is it a Greg Stewart-type signing where you think he might be able to come in um, and conjure up something? I don't know. Again, Scott Allen strikes as the type of player that starts a game, he doesn't come off the bench and, and change a game. I might be wrong. No, not for me, really. Um, the Celtic thing, for one, really should be the end of the conversation, to be honest. But um, as a player as well, yes, okay, he's talented, but one out of four games at Hibs and only being able to play for an hour every week isn't really what Rangers need. You obviously didn't see that one pass against Rangers, right? I did see that, <laughs> yeah. That was, that was worth seven goals that day. It was incredible. Uh, Alex, do you feel any different? Is there any, any different thoughts that you want to add to that on the Scott Allman? No, no, not at all. Um, the the biggest thing for me with, with Scott Allen is you get some people will say Rangers fans, and it's a very small number. I will say that 
uh, for the most part, most most wouldn't touch him uh, in a Rangers shirt. But uh, you'll get some that will say, oh, he'll give us a bit of what we're missing. We don't miss anything that he can offer. And there's, there's nothing that Scott Allen is capable of doing on a football pitch that we don't already have in that team. Um, and it's worth pointing out as well from Scott Allen's perspective, and he does have talent. There's no doubt he's got ability. Um, you know, there's, there's no doubt in that at all. But he, he's a lot more effective in a team where, like Hibs, where you know teams are coming out a little bit and he's able to find those passes in behind defences for a couple of you know quick players like a Horgan, likes a Boyle, guys that he can you know they'll know make those runs in behind etc. He's never really shown it. Um, he never he barely got a kick of the ball for Celtic. Um, that's a different thing when you're up against a team that's packed right against the edge of the box where the link up needs to be a lot sharper. It's about movement. Um, it's not about you know picking Fred in a pass through because there's no space to do that. Um, and players like players like Joe Aribo, uh, Greg Stewart, uh, Ryan Kent, yeah, Morelos with his link up. You know um, Jack has developed it wildly. Um, these guys know how to to either find a pass in behind if they need to, um, or that kind of quick link up in and around the box. Scott Allen doesn't really have. That's not his game. So there's just nothing about his game that. You know, taking away all other factors, there's nothing about his game that Rangers don't already have, um, and it would seem uh, the club have said it's nonsense, and I imagine it always was. It does. It's not a first transfer window. This one's been kicking about. Uh, I think he's become, you know, the latest in a, in a long line of players that will just be forever linked to us, and then people realise, oh wait a minute, he's 28, 29. <laughs> Why would we even bother? You know. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I don't see it happening at all. Um, so the next one that I want to get your take on, uh, so Rangers have recently been linked with, um, I'm not sure that any of us would have seen much of him, but uh, Egyptian striker Mustafa Mohamed um, from Zamalek. So he's looking to get out of uh, that club. I'm not sure if there's anything in this move at all, but have, have either of you got any thoughts on, on this potential transfer? I'm not going to claim to have, have seen him play, play uh, but I think he's handing a transfer request, hasn't he? Zamalek is one of the biggest clubs in, in Egypt, I think, aren't they? Yep. Um, who, yep. was the, who was the guy that came from, from Zamalek to the, the Premier League a couple of years ago? Mido? Com- no, it was after him. He just completely faded from, I can't think who it was. Um, oh, no, can you remember know. the forward? Yeah, um, oh. That's terrible. I should know that. Sorry, I can't. I, I, I can't. It's I right know. on the tip of my tongue. Anyway, um, so they've obviously got a bit of a reputation of um, developing forwards, but I don't know this one, Gavin. It, it seems like it's one of those ones that um, has popped up from nowhere, and I think it's it's very unlikely. I think one of those these type of transfers. If you remember last year, we had the Catfish transfer, which came from absolutely nowhere, and it was just yep. one Croatian football account um, yeah. tweeting it, and then he, he signed within a day. I think these type of things, if that happens, it's one of those. It's very very quick. This has been kicking about for ages. I think this is a an agent talk one, but you can't deny the fact he's he's scored a lot of goals. Um, and he's a he's the right age as well, age profile. He's only just turned twenty two, so I don't know. Um, I don't think we're quite at the stage where we can afford to take these kind of punts on yeah. guys who have only played in in um Egypt and and haven't yeah. really experienced uh, a club football, yeah. in Europe. Yeah, I don't think it's one for us just now. So I'd be surprised on that one. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. So, Alex, I'll let you finish us off with the, the most pie-in-the-sky one that I've I've heard, just to get a, a bit of a reaction to it. What about the rumours that uh, Oliver Giroud was being touted to Rangers? <laughs> sorry? Uh, have you not seen this, that Alex uh, saw that Giroud was being 
Oh, Giroud, sorry, my apologies. Yes, yes. Uh, sorry, I just never quite caught what you said. Um, I saw that, yes. Um, didn't expect that to be uh, anything of substance at all. His wages are, I know people say Defoe, right? But Defoe was, uh, was Gerald getting a mate. And yeah. you know what I mean? Like that, that's kind of what that is. And you don't have that same link with Giroud. Um, it would do nothing for his national team chances, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say something that will be considered controversial, but he wouldn't get a game ahead of Morelos um, if we're only going to go with a win through the middle as well. Um, I don't think he would get the, the, the nod ahead of Alfredo Morelos. That's how highly I rate Alfie. Um, and uh, and that's I like Giroud. I think, in fact, I know he's a good player, but uh, I just feel as though at his age, kind of stages, career, etc., I think Alfie offers just a little bit more right now. Um, no, there was never anything in that uh, one at all. That was I'd love to know where that came from because I can at least see I can at least see with the, the kind of Mustafa Mohammed ones and you know some of the other names that are kicking about. Okay, yeah, they end up out of our price range, but I can at least see where that's came from, or maybe it's an agent doing a bit of talking. No one benefited from that rumor about Giro. So, just, just who, who started that? What was the point? I, I just don't, I don't get where that's came from at all. Yeah, it's, it's definitely one that's that's not going to happen in in any way, shape, or form. So, gentlemen, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. Uh, just before we sign off. Can I ask you just both to give me a quick summary of where guys can find you if they like what they've heard, if they haven't already heard you before? Adam, you can go first. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you can get me on Heart and Hand, obviously. It's uh, patreon.com forward slash heart and hand. As I said, do the tactics pod and a couple of others on there. And you can get me on Twitter at adamski152. And Alex? Um, on Twitter, it's at Strider80. Um, anybody who is already on my Twitter might know that supposedly on Plenty of Fishies app, my name is Filthmeister. Um, <laughs> come on to my Twitter for a better explanation of that. Uh, and uh, like Adam, I'm also on uh, patreon.com slash heart and hand uh, podcast, where my work tends to be uh, previewing the upcoming games. I'm also sometimes uh, guest with, with Adam on his excellent tactics pod if if you've never uh, had any experience of that look for the the youtube links adam is that just on heart and hands youtube yeah no it's on i've, I've got my, my brand new t- tactics talk channel on youtube actually thanks for that plug i forgot about that um <laughs> uh, i can't think what the link is but you'll find it on my, my twitter but there's a um tactics talk youtube channel now which myself and ali break down uh, key moments from from games not every games but key moments in the, the Celtic game we had the, the ryan kent goal uh, for 1-0 when we were looking at the, the midfield um, battle as well. So we've got a little visual there that we um, we mock up how, how the team's performed and we run through the goals, etc. So that's on, on YouTube as well. Yeah, Perfect. if you loved, you loved the old football manager games, you'll love this stuff, trust me. It's outstanding. <laughs> uh, I'm not even being, you know, daft there. It's, honestly, it's brilliant and well worth a listen. Um, and as Adam said, get yourself, um, if you're an Angels fan and you're not listening to Heart and Hand, I promise you, you're missing out. Uh, so so give that give that a look if you can. Perfect. And uh, yeah, so gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me. And if you've been listening to this podcast, then thank you very much. Uh, if you could please like, share, subscribe, review, all that good stuff, then it really helps us grow the podcast. And this podcast was brought to you by absolutely no one. So if you want to sponsor us, then I'd appreciate that too. Take care. Bye-bye.